What's the thing you like most about yourself? I think I'm a pretty gracious person, and so that would be probably my biggest thing that I like about myself. I can get over things pretty quickly. Tell us your favorite hobby or pastime. My favorite hobby or pastime is probably deal finding. I grew up with my mom always treasure hunting and looking for a deal. Describe your breakfast routine in your home. Breakfast in our house is coffee is made by the time I get up, my husband gets up before me. So there's always a pot of coffee in the morning, which is an awesome gift to wake up to. And my kids usually help themselves or old enough to make themselves breakfast right now. So that's pretty awesome on school days to not have to rush out to make them food. What is your favorite outdoor activity? Favorite outdoor activity is probably going for walks. I just love walking to town, love seeing um, different areas and walking around. What's one thing you cannot live without? One thing I can't live without, and I hate to say it, but I love having my phone. I can call people, I'm connected to people on the internet, and so I love having my phone. Hey, Tedra. Hey, Julie. So today we're chatting with Ashley Patrone. She is the writer and creative behind arrowsandbows.com and on Instagram. In April 2017, Ashley and her husband decided to sell their five-bedroom home. They bought 2.2 acres of land with plans to build a house. They had the adventurous idea of moving their family of five into an RV on the land while they built their new home. So with her creative ideas in full swing, they quickly renovated the trailer and moved in. 17 months later, and all the while documenting the journey of living in 180 square feet, not only did Ashley grow her online community to over 145,000 followers, but she and her family discovered the true joys of life while living with less. This is a story about Ashley's journey of renovating, living tiny, simplifying, and finding meaning, as well as encouraging those to find joy in the in-between moments of life. So before we start the show, we have a quick favor to ask. If you are enjoying this podcast, would you mind sharing it with a friend? Just click the share button and spread the get to know love. Thanks, guys. You're listening to We Get to Know Podcast, and for years, we've all been following some of the most inspiring creatives, innovators, social media influencers, and bloggers. Simply put, we get inspired. The next best thing to following our favorite people is hearing their stories straight from them. So listen in as we get to know Ashley. Hi, Ashley. Welcome to the podcast. Hi. Thanks for having me. I want to dig into your backstory a little bit, just get some background. Tell me, like, where did you grow up? What part of the country? And a little bit about your family. Yeah, I grew up in Southern California. Most of my life was lived there. And for a few short years, four years, my family actually moved to Washington State. Uh, My parents, actually, we went up to visit friends and they bought a cow at the fair. (laughs) Random, random purchase. Yeah, it was very random. And then they were like, well, maybe we should move to Washington. I mean, I'm not kidding. That's exactly how it happened. And we ended up moving there for four years. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what profession were your mom or dad in that you could just pack up and move over a cow purchase? My mom, well, she's an entrepreneur. She's always doing something, you know, on her own, hairstylist, designing, lots of different things. And my dad worked in a tech company and there just happened to be an office in Seattle. So it was just like meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. And funny thing is, is that's actually where my parents became friends with my husband's parents. And that's how we met my husband when we lived in Washington. Oh, wow. So what age were you when that happened? I was 10, it was 10 to 14. 
So obviously he's four years older than me. So he was older, um, but our parents were really close and we became friends with their family. Okay. So I want to hear more about this. So then, okay. So then you moved away after four years. Did you keep, I guess you kept that relationship with the family and then what's your husband's name? Dino. Dino. Okay. So then how did the romantic thing happen with you and Dino? So our parents stayed really close friends. And um, when I, I had just turned 20, and so he was 24, we lived back in California and Dino was going to school in Orange County. Um, and his parents now lived in Las Vegas. His mom called my mom and just said, hey, do you want to set the kids up? You know, let's just see if the kids like hit it off. You guys drive out to Vegas. I'll have Dino drive out and we'll see if it, they hit it off. No and, um, way. Yeah. It's like every mother's dream, you know? Yeah, to have your best friends, kids get together. Had you ever thought of him romantically before then? No, no. I didn't even really remember him. All I remembered, because he was older than me, he was always just playing like video games when we were younger. That's all I remembered about him. And that age, like like 10 to 14 and then 14 to 18, like that's pretty big gap. Like, like, yeah. we're, like everything's changing in your lives. Yeah. Totally, totally. That's amazing. So they did the set, the moms did the setup and then, and then did it just take off from there? It really did. Three weeks later, we were engaged and... What? I know. Okay. Uh, three weeks. That's like really fast. I know. Well, we, when we, when we saw each other again, we, it was like, it's so cliche, but it really is true. You just like, we knew like that spark was there and we spent the next three weeks together and then he proposed and four months later we were married and now we've been married for over 12 years. That's incredible. Oh my gosh. I love a love story like that. I mean, I could just probably dig into all the details of that forever, but we'll move on. Okay. So 12 years later, and you now have three kids. Tell me their names and ages. My oldest is Gabe. He is nine. Gavin is eight. And then my daughter, Quinn is five. Oh, those are cute names too. So you and your husband, y'all have your quick love affair, get married. And then where do you two settle in for life? So at the time we were in Southern California and then we had the opportunity to move to Las Vegas and rent his parents' house. So we lived there for 10 months in Vegas, which was really good for us. It was a challenging time. It was like the first time I was really young, obviously I was 20, but the first time I'd really moved away from my family, but it was an awesome growing experience just to kind of like the leave and cleave to the max. Yeah, for sure. So then what did you do after Vegas after those 10 months? Where did y'all head next? Moved back to Southern California. My husband got a job offer in LA. He works at a tech company. I was a hairstylist at the time and we moved back to Southern California. And a, and a few years later, we ended up getting pregnant and then buying a house and yeah, lived in a house for eight years. So was this in the LA area then at that point? Um, it's, it was in Ventura County. Oh, okay. Uh -huh. So I guess let's talk about a little bit, like, I want to know about your blog. Like, did your blog start before you decided to move into RV or was that something that happened after? Just right before, like six months before we moved into the RV, I, well, I was, had three kids at the time and I was homeschooling my kiddos and we had lived in this house for just about eight years and we weren't really planning on moving or doing anything, but yeah, I homeschooled the kids. I ended up starting a blog. I just wanted to share my deal finds and all my ideas. Like I said, we weren't planning on moving. And six months later, we ended up finding land, actually very close to our house. And we bought this land and sold our house. And that's when the trailer life happened. So when you originally started your blog, 
I mean, I guess you wouldn't have envisioned that six months later no. you'd be living in RV. <laughs> so no. I want to talk to you a little bit about the decision. So you'd been in your house, did you say eight years? Yeah. Okay, eight years. And then, so the decision, like, how did that come about to think like, well, okay, we we found this land, we want to build a house, but like, how did you make the leap to thinking, well, let's just put an RV on there and live in that while we do it? Yeah, when we first bought our house, we bought at a, an amazing time. It was right when like the crash happened. So for us, it was an awesome opportunity to own a home. So we had a really low mortgage. We had a five bedroom house and a really low mortgage. So when we bought this land, going and looking at apartments that we could live in while we were you know, building a house on this land, it was more money for a one bedroom apartment than our five bedroom house was. So oh, wow. it didn't make a lot of sense. And then thinking about shoving all three of our kids like onto the second level of an apartment and them not being able to play outside. So we just really opened up our minds to all possibilities. We looked into tiny houses. We looked into everything. But again, tiny houses were more money than we wanted to spend. So we went RV shopping and we found our trailer and it had three bunk beds. It was $8,000. And we were like, great, this is it. This is what we're going to do. We're going to put it on the land and we're going to just live an adventure of a life. (laughs) So how long did that transition take from the time that you sold your house to actually moving into the RV on your land? Yeah, we sold our house in February and then we moved into our trailer in the very beginning of April. And so we bought the trailer and renovated it and it took three weeks for Dino and I to renovate it. And then we moved in right after that. Did either of y'all have any experience with renovating anything? Like I said about my mom, she I grew up kind of watching my mom. She does everything. And so if she didn't know how to do something, she learned how to do it. She tiled, like whatever. You, you name it, she would figure out how to do it. So I always had that example. And I was always, you know, I have a creative mind. So always into the design side of things. And then Dino did a little, you know, like electrical work back in college and worked with a construction crew for a couple months. So we both had definitely the eye. But the thing about Dino and I is we just like to get stuff done. We love working together and we love to like, we always say we're like, we just love to dominate projects. Like, let's just get in there and let's do this. And so it's really fun for us. We work really well together in those situations. That's so nice. I mean, some people would pull their hair out, but it's funny that you both had like this little skills that probably didn't mean much at the time that came in really handy during that time. Absolutely. And we're kind of the same. Like if we don't know how to do it, we just look up and we do a lot of research. How do you do it? Figure it out. Okay, we're going to do it. I mean, hearing you say that, it sort of reminds me, there was a time in my life where I sort of felt like, oh, I can do that. Like I, I remember my mom and my sisters, we renovated one of my sisters, converted her living room to a garage. And I remember I was like, oh, I can do the, not baseboards, but on the ceiling. I don't oh, know why that's, I was like, oh, I can do crown molding. And they're like, you can? I'm like, yeah. And I literally cut like on the angle, like figured it out and like hung her crown molding. Like and we all just did like these certain projects. And it was like, so now I'm thinking like, okay, yeah, I guess I sort of had that a little bit myself. Yes. I forgot all about it. And Julie, um, my co-host today, her grandmother lived in San Antonio like years ago. And I remember taking on a kitchen renovation for her, my sister and I, like we did it over the summer, like three months, it took us forever. And we just did all sorts of things that I was, we really just like pieced it together, but the product came out fine in the end, I guess. That's amazing. I know yeah. you kind of surprise yourself, I think, when you just go for things. I mean, that's what it's really taught us in the whole journey of being in the RV is, you know, if you don't try things or go for things, you'll never know the outcome of it. So we, it has definitely pushed us to be so much more adventurous in everything that we do now. 
What did your kids think when you said like, this is going to be our new home and you have these little bunk beds and... You know, I just, I don't even know. They didn't even really care. It wasn't a huge deal. Nobody was crying about it. It was like fun and exciting for them, you know? That age, I think that age is, the kids are so accommodating and they're just so flexible and they're like, oh, that's fun. We get to stack on top of each other in little bunk beds. Like, yeah. Hey guys, we're going to pause for a minute to tell you about one of our partners. Anyone interested in 30% off the best vitamins? We know health and nutrition is important to everyone. One thing that goes hand-in-hand with our health is supplemental care. We've partnered with Dr. C Vitamins to offer you a 30% discount off their premium pharmaceutical-grade and medically-endorsed line of supplements. All vitamins are not created equal. In fact, there is no FDA oversight for supplements. Unlike over-the-counter vitamins, Dr. C supplements are manufactured without commonly found synthetic ingredients. I mean, you guys, who wants synthetics going into our bodies? They're also non-GMO and gluten-free. Their standards are so high, these vitamins are actually manufactured just like a prescription drug would be in an FDA-registered facility. Most vitamins do not subject themselves to this level of oversight. People are always asking if we take these personally, and we do. I take the D3K2 combo to support bone health, memory, mood, and immune support, and their collagen biotin that supports strong hair, nails, and skin. And then when I'm having those nights where I'm having a hard time falling asleep and unwinding, I take the melatonin B6 combo, and it really helps me gently fall asleep naturally. So give them a try, you guys. Go to drccares.com, use our code WEGETTONOW, and save 30% on your next order. Now enjoy the rest of the interview. Okay, so I want to know, like, what was the preparation? I mean, you're living in a five-bedroom house, you said. Like, what's the, what did it look like to actually prepare to move into the RV, like getting rid of your items? Like, and how did you decide what you're going to keep and what you're actually going to take in the home with you? Well, you know, our plan eventually was to build a house. And so we already knew the, the type of house we wanted to build. And so all of our furniture in our previous house was smaller pieces because we had a dining room, a kitchen, a living room, a family room. And um, we wanted bigger pieces to go in this open concept house. So I knew I was selling all of our furniture. And then everything else was like, I have a pretty easy time minimizing our lives. I like doing that. And so it was pretty easy for me to get rid of stuff. I really don't hold sentimental value to anything. So yeah, I just cleaned out and I made a pile like in our big living room. I had a pile of things that I thought I wanted to take into the RV. And so on the final day when we could move everything in, I took all that stuff over. And if it didn't have a place or feel comfortable, then I put it back in the car and I donated it. Wow, that's amazing. Because I mean, I guess you didn't need to bring, you didn't have to bring beds or anything because that would have all been built in. Yeah. That's amazing. There was something I read on one of your blog posts about being attached to our possessions. And you said, I asked God to give me a heart of contentment. Mm-hmm. That like moved me when I read that. I thought like, gosh, like that is because like, I really appreciate good design. I, I feel like I live in a beautiful space and I appreciate your style. And that was one of the reasons I was really excited to talk to you. And because like, I live in a 900 square foot apartment in downtown Austin and I'm thinking about going to like a 650 square foot place and I keep looking around but but I love these things like how do I get rid of them you know so reading that I don't know that just moved me to think like okay like these are just things they're of this earth they're not forever anyway so I don't know I just thought that was a really beautiful comment that you had written about. Well thank you I mean we lived in a very wealthy area and so there's just 
I mean, California in general, I feel like for the most part, this has, there's just a lot of money and there's a lot of things and there's nothing wrong with having things at all. But it was a really just good lesson for us to just simplify our lives and to really realize that we just didn't need that much stuff. And we did put some things into a like storage container, things that we thought we'd want later in the house. Right. We mm-hmm. had like 20 boxes and a few pieces of furniture. And as we lived in the, the RV, we lived in it for 17 months. We actually went through the storage container twice. And by the end of it, I had, I think, you know, seven boxes and like a bench and a chair. That's interesting. Cause by the time, as time went on, you probably thought, Oh, I don't even need this. Like you yeah. thought you needed it when you yeah. left, but then you realized, yeah. 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 That's awesome. So 17 months was that longer than you originally planned? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> what was your original thinking? No, we did not think we were going to be in the house for 17 months. We thought it was going to be like six months. Our land was flat and it looked like a spot where we could build. And we did our due diligence for as much as we could before we purchased it. But we found out after we really got into it that we had to move dirt. And so all of our money and all of our time spent living on our land was moving dirt around to get it ready to build. It was pretty devastating. <laughs> yeah. So then did you ultimately, and I think I I didn't know this because I don't know everything about your story. Um, I'm just following you a little bit and just really wanted to talk to you and get your story. Did you end up like not building on your land then? No, because we were getting it, the land ready. The whole time us living, we were working on our land, getting it ready to build. And our plan was still to build. And we had just finished the worst part of it when my husband got a job offer up north. Oh, wow. Okay. So that took you in a whole different direction then. Yeah. It was a good time. It was almost to the point where, I mean, for us living on the land, it started out like, yeah, we're going to live in this trailer. We're going to live on the land. And it was all about the land and building a house. But I quickly realized that was not the reason why we were there and that our lives were changed because we lived in this trailer and it was not about the house anymore. Oh, that's amazing. So, I mean, what would you say were like the greatest like gifts or the highs that like living in the trailer, like what did that end up being in your life? Like what did it represent more than just the actual space? It 100% changed our entire family. Dino and I were, you know, slightly adventurous people, but living in the trailer just really pushed us to be so open to new possibilities and to going and doing things and traveling and just opened up our minds really and made us more fun. I mean, we were more willing because you're living in a trailer, you were more willing to go out and do things because you don't want to just be staying at home on a Saturday inside the trailer with three kids. Right. So it kind of pushed you to move out of your comfort zone a little bit and, you know, ask people to do something or go find something to do. We'd go travel. So that's probably one of the biggest things. And then obviously just the the simplifying side of it and teaching us that we just really don't need very much. And I mean, if everything was taken away from us, that we would definitely survive and we would be, we could be happy. Yeah. It's like the changing of the mind of deciding that I'm not attached to these things and I could live with less. Yes. So then I guess you probably utilized your outdoor space. I I saw where you had like a porch and some furniture out there. I mean, your kids probably loved like having the whole big, like empty yard to like run around and play. Oh yeah. It was so fun for them to run around and and go wild and explore. We had bunnies all over the place and squirrels and it was very fun. 
So when you moved in, did you sort of have like an idea of like, okay, this is what our day-to-day is going to look like? And then was it different of what the reality was when you actually lived in there as far as just logistics, like showering and bathroom space and cleaning the kitchen or cooking, all those sorts of details? Absolutely. I was actually still homeschooling the kids when we moved into the trailer. So we were finishing out a homeschool year since it was April. So we had a few months left. And I quickly realized that that was just not a good fit, that homeschooling inside of the trailer with the three kids, it was just not something that was going to work for our family. And so that changed. So the next year was the first year my kids actually went to a traditional school. Do they like that experience? They, they love, my boys love school so much. Yeah, they love it. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, I'm sure it's like, it's it's great to have like the both experiences where you get to be at home and you're learning in that environment and then also to be exposed to like, oh, like all these guys are here and they can play sports and rough yeah. and tumble and all those sorts of fun things. Yeah, yeah. So I saw where you have like a philosophy, like if you, and I, I think did you, I don't know if you continue this now, but I think maybe you do. But um, we're like, if you buy something, and you, you said like you were standing there contemplating like in Target for an hour, like whether you're going to buy something or not. And then if you buy something, that means that you're going to get rid of something else. Is that something that you still follow? And Absolutely. And really, it's more of, it's not like a hard and fast rule. It's more of just a comfort level in the house. Like I used to say this in the trailer, you know, we didn't buy too much stuff in there, but somehow you just end up accumulating things or the kids come home from the grandparents' house with something and you get this feeling inside of your home that just isn't comfortable anymore. And so anytime it gets to that point, it's like, we need to clean out. I just try to keep up with it. If I'm bringing something in, I just try to get rid of something because it just keeps like a nice balance in the house and we're not ever getting to the point that you're overflowing and you're feeling that uncomfortable, like more stressful feeling. Oh, these are such good lessons for me to like hear. I, I've been in my space three years now and it's just about that time where like all the cabinets are getting a little full. Everything's starting to bust at the seams a little bit and it all looks fine on the surface. But if you open up a door or something, it's like, you know, everything's getting full. I need to do a nice purge. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to take away from this interview for sure. <sighs> so what did you do with like books and cookbooks and some of your favorite things? Did those things just go in storage then? So I didn't have a ton of cookbooks because, you know, phones and all that stuff. But books, I had a bookshelf for the kids and we ended up just utilizing the library. Each of the kids had a bin in their bunk bed. And so they had their clothes in their little bin and, you know, any other books that they wanted to keep in their bunk bed. And the library was the best spot because we could read and then a week later return everything and get more. And so we could, we're always swapping Yeah. Libraries are a great resource. We have an amazing one downtown Austin that just opened uh, this last year and it's like one of the best buildings probably in the state of Texas. It's really great. Oh yeah. They're always so beautiful. Okay. Well, was there like a low point when you were in the RV where you're like, I just can't do this anymore. Like any times where you just were like, Oh, like enough, like everyone's all over me or that kind of a thing. Yes. I mean, so many moments in the RV were dark days. I call them, you know, (laughs) Um, that's why I, my like logo or my thing on my page, my something that just really stuck out to me was finding joy in the in-between, that every day is not going to be beautiful, that every day is not perfect, and there's still an opportunity to find joy there. And that's really one of the biggest lessons that Dino and I both learned. And he was such an amazing support. We were both, you know, a good balance for one another during that time because we both had our days. But I think definitely the, the biggest time that I can remember that was the worst was when we were all sick. And then you're just like, this place needs to just be get burned to the ground. <laughs> you know, 
I just never want to come in here again. Everybody get out of here. So yeah, lots of moments like that for sure. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit. So you move to Northern California. So I guess you sold that land after all? It's actually still for sale. We sold all the trailers, and but our land is still for sale. We haven't sold it yet. Okay. So you did a lot of the legwork. Whoever, whoever ends up buying it, that land's already like, the dirt has been moved. <laughs> ready to go. It's ready to build now. So then where did you end up moving? You said up north, but where exactly? Um, we're in Northern California up by Los Gatos. So what was that like? Is your family still in Southern California? Yeah. All my family is in Southern California. And, you know, like I said, it was it was just kind of right. It was just a good time. We, he got this job opportunity and we came up to visit and not only was the job opportunity just amazing, but we actually almost moved here for the same job before we moved into the trailer when we were still in the house, but we just prayed about it and it just wasn't the right time. So it's kind of amazing that to think back and that we could have been up here, you know, three years earlier, but I think we really just needed to experience that trailer life. And it would probably have been difficult to move from our 2,800 square foot house up here. And now we're in 1,300 square feet. I think we would have had a harder time adjusting to that had we not, you know, had that buffer and learned so much in the trailer. So moving here now into a house, although it's only 1,300 square feet, which I think is big, but maybe some people, I could see how people would think that's small we feel like it's huge. We're like, this is amazing. Right. Things in Queens now, you know. Yeah, what was the living space in the RV? Uh, it was 180 square feet. <laughs> I mean, a family of five, 180 square feet. That's incredible. Um, so yeah, so going to 1300, I mean, you just like multiply times 10. It probably seemed yeah. like huge. this is, well, maybe not 10, eight or whatever. I didn't do yeah. the quick math. Yeah. So it was like, okay, everyone can stretch their arms a little bit and Okay, so then I want to talk about your blog. And I know you started sharing the RV experience. And then I assume like that sharing that experience is what sort of made your blog take off. Yeah. What was that like? Honestly, I wasn't expecting it at all. When I first started my page, it was purely just, you know, design finds. I really didn't show myself at all. It was just, you know, my ideas. And I had built up in the six months. Actually, you know what? It was more like... um like nine months before we moved into the RV. And I had built up, I had 7,000 followers and I had worked really hard. I'd put like a lot of time and energy into it. And I remember telling Dino, I was like, I feel like I've worked so hard and we're going to move into the trailer and everything that I've worked for is just going to like fizzle away. (laughs) (laughs) I really just didn't know that people were going to want to follow along with our story. And that's really when I started shifting away from just purely design and really just sharing our story and what was, what was happening with us. That's incredible. So when did you start to see like, I mean, so you said you had 7,000 and then what was like, was your blog getting a lot of traffic? Like in the very beginning, what was your blog traffic? Do you remember? You know, I never really looked at the statistics of my blog as much my focus has always been more on my Instagram and that's really when my Instagram became more of a writing point for me rather than the blog. I write more intentional posts on my posts instead of just like, Hey, it's sunny today. Have a good Monday, you know? But I remember, you know, it was a slow paced move. I mean, although nine months and gaining 7,000 followers is pretty awesome. Yeah. It was a steady pace, but I remember I got featured, the RV got featured with this group of 
design women. And I blew past 10,000 into like, I was like at 13, like in, in a day. I mean, wow. <laughs> and then after that, it was just a snowball effect of featured. That's the only, that's the way that I've just grown is just people have shared me and featured the RV or featured our home or featured me, I guess, which is just mind blowing again. Well, it just shows, obviously, like, I think you you are creative and you have great style and people respond to it because if it wasn't cool to look at or beautiful, like people probably wouldn't have shared it. So yeah, it says a lot about your style. So what do you see like in the future for the blog and your Instagram? And like, you know, I, I know you're in the house now and you're settled. Were you, did you have the same concern that once you moved into the house that the same thing would happen? Like, oh, people aren't going to be as interested. Absolutely. I mean, that thought always goes through your head, you know, because when we first moved up here, we lived in an apartment for a month. Yeah, I was like, I'm, it's going to be kind of harder for me to create content in an apartment, especially design content. But I seemed to make it work. And I think, you know, those little bits of doubt kind of end up being fuel for me. They kind of just get be creative. And curiosity maybe for your community that's following you because at the end of the day, they're probably like, well, what's going to happen next? You know, like, you know, people are curious. And they want to know. They're following and they're feeling connected to you at that point. And I, I really, that was really my main thing. Every step of the way of the RV, I've let people in and showed every part of it. And so I just figured I'm just going to continue to do the same thing. And people were very invested in what was happening. So it, it ended up working out well. So then you ended up settling and buying a home or renting a home. I'm not sure what you ended up doing, but you're, you're in a home now. How long have you been in the house? Um, we've been in since August. So four months, August 20th. So November 20th. No, three months. So not that long. That goes quick. Four months goes quick when you're moving to two. We bought it and we renovated it all. Now we're enjoying it. Okay, so looking at the pictures of your home, I noticed, like, and I'm curious, like, maybe you've talked about this, but I don't know. Um, so share it with us. Do you have like a cellar or something? Like when you walk in near the kitchen, I noticed that there was like something on the floor that looked like it, like doors that raised up. Yes, the it's the basement. We have a basement. It's or the back cave, my husband calls it. Um, we're, <laughs> he wants to renovate it and make it his office. So that's on the a project list for this next year. That's so cool. Like you don't see that very often. Something like that. Our house is a 19 is built in 1936. So it definitely has some awesome bones and quirky little points to it. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. Okay. So I want to talk a little bit about like, how do you go through the holidays since we're just coming up to Christmas? How do you go through the holidays with, you know, this mindfulness of like, not just buying a lot for the kids or just, you know, spending and just having it be pointless? Yeah. Well, last year we did an experience experiences Christmas and we loved every bit of it. So we are doing the same exact thing this year. So we're not crazy out buying a ton of gifts or anything. I have nothing wrapped and nothing like we'll give our kids a few stocking stuffers, but everything else is just going to be experiences. And we already did a trip to Disneyland and we surprised them all a couple weeks ago. So that was their bigger gift. Yeah, we have the next three weeks off, my husband and the kids. So everything will just be, you know, just having fun together as a family. What did y'all do last year for your experience? We went to the movies. We went to Huntington Beach and stayed in an Airbnb. Went bike riding and it just opens up the opportunity financially. I love that. Yeah. Want an ice cream? Great. Everybody get an ice cream. So it just allows us to have more of a financially free fun time without us you know, counting every penny. 
And you're just creating memories. I think, I'm not sure when this happened for me. I have a, a friend who maybe pointed it out a few years ago, and I've really been trying to think about it since then. But the idea of putting your money that you work hard for towards experience or vacations or travel is so much more valuable to me now than it was even five, 10 years ago where I wanted to have maybe, you know, a more expensive sofa or like, you know, just buy things for my house. Because I feel like with a vacation or a holiday, you have the buildup of the excitement of it coming. And then you have the actual event. And then you have like the memories afterwards. It's such a big payoff, like lifelong payoff that I love. So that's so cool. You're doing that with your family for the holidays. I love that. I was curious what you were going to do. You know, when you get something, you know, you like have to have that new bag and you get it and it's so fun and shiny for, you know, however long, but it wears away. And yeah. so like, it's so much better to do things with everybody and have that memory that lasts, especially with kids stuff nowadays. I'm sorry. It's just, it, the stuff is just junk. I, I don't think a toy lasts over a day in our house anytime. we've. <laughs> so I really, I just don't find a huge like purpose to them having a ton of them. And then I read where you and your husband exchanged love language gifts. So if anyone doesn't know about the five love languages, let's see, what are they? You probably know. Affection, time, physical, or physical touch, I guess, is affection. Acts of service, right? Yeah. Did you say gifts? Because gifts is one of them. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 So what is your love language? So mine is... It's funny. We just were talking about this and I just said food. Food's my love. <laughs> it's, really, it's really more of the the act of, you know, somebody, if Dino being intentional and being intentionally thinking about something that I like, you know, when he goes to the grocery store to grab something, but then brings home, you know, a thing of chocolates. Cause he knows that I would like the chocolates. It's really the thought of him thinking about the yeah. food. That I but yeah, food is my love language in a nutshell. So how did you, like, what's one way you live that out over your week when you, when you got to do that? We've actually prolonged it. We just said, we're going to keep doing it because we love how it has helped our marriage and, you know, kind of what it's doing. And yeah, he just, anytime I want something to eat, he will just make it for me. <laughs> it's amazing. You know, I think that's amazing because you really, what you do is you stop for a moment and you think about the other person and like, this is what they need to feel loved and feel supported. And then you're just going to act it out. It's like, it seems like simple, but it's, I mean, to really be thoughtful and execute it is such a great gift towards your spouse or someone that you love. I think that it's one of the biggest things in relationships is that gets in the way is our own selfish desires. I think when we remove ourselves and put the other person first, that there's like a love and connection that, that you get. And I think that also wants to be reciprocated when you act that way. And so we've just really seen that unfold so much by us doing that, that one week that we were like, we just want to keep doing this because this is just so fun. And we've gotten so much closer and we've just loved seeing what it's doing in our lives. So it's been fun. I love that. Okay. So um, Julie's going to hop on and Go for the ask everyone questions. Hey, Julie. Hello. So Ashley, I have loved hearing this. And really this, I have three kids and every year for Christmas, it just gets more and more. Like I enjoy it less. I think because I enjoy it less, I kind of have this feeling throughout the house that, well, if mom's not happy, no one's kind of happy, which is not as sad to say. But this year, my husband and I decided we're doing four gifts for our kids. And it has taken so much pressure off of all of us. 
and I think it's going to be more meaningful. And instead of spending half the day opening up gifts, we're going to think of some good things to do and maybe reach out to the community and whatever. I just, it, it like ends up with more meaning than anything else. And I love that. I love that too. Well, anyway, thanks for sharing all those good tips and to be an inspiration because I think that you have it right for sure. (laughs) Thank you. Okay. So what are one or two great tips you can share with our listeners? Okay. Well, I would say uh, my biggest lesson that I've learned is just simplifying your life. Whatever that means, you know, saying no to certain things that you're doing or getting rid of things, material things in your life, just an overall simplifying of life just has really created such a more peaceful life for us. So that would probably be my biggest tip. If I call you at 9 a.m. on any given day, what are you most likely doing? Well, during the week at 9 a.m., I'm homeschooling my daughter, Quinn. We're most likely doing math. What is something people would be surprised to know about you? I think people would be surprised to know that I am, I can be actually kind of quiet in a larger group setting. If people are pretty outgoing, I can kind of retreat back a little bit and I'm more of an observer in those settings. And I think a lot of people think I'm very outgoing and which I am, but there's certain times where I kind of retreat back and I like to become more of an observer. You've unplugged. How do you decompress? I just love hanging out with my husband. Usually when we're unplugged and decompressing, it's like laying in bed, watching a show together, going for a walk or something like that. Who are three people you love to follow on Instagram? There's so many that I could name. When I first started my journey on Instagram, I I connected with a group of women. We started a group together just chatting and we ended up actually meeting up in real life. So just to name three of them, Lazy Creative Designs, Darling I Love It, and Every Davis Moments. Name the book you currently cannot put down. I am always reading Uninvited. Such a good book and I've read it a few times, but it's just something I can pick up and then get kind of lost in. Tell me about it. I've never heard it. It's a great book. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It just, it was like the book that I read that I feel like really changed and my mindset on life and kind of gave me... um, like more confidence in who I am. And so it's like always a good reminder when I'm going through or feeling kind of down or something and I just need that reminder, I pick it up and I can pick up and read any chapter and it's a great, great book. Describe your perfect day. My perfect day would be walking around a city and just eating food at lots of different cute cafes and restaurants and just enjoying food. What city has you shedding a tear when you have to leave? I would say when I go home to see my family back in Southern California, if I'm ever going to, you know, shed a tear, which isn't too often, but if I were, it would be to leave, you know, family because it's always bittersweet. What is your favorite beverage of choice, both in the AM and PM? Coffee in the AM is my favorite. And in the PM, I would say... My favorite beverage would be, I love an ice cold beer. Me too. What's your favorite? I'm really into IPA lately. Okay, me too. That's funny. Do you have a current Netflix addiction? 
Well, my husband works at Netflix, so they're all oh. <laughs> they're all really good. Yes, all of them. Um, yeah, but we're always rewatching, you know, something Friday Night Lights or Friends, and just kind of going through seasons of all those good shows. What song do you currently have on repeat? I am loving. Um, I think it's Five Seconds of Summer. They did a remake of a Queen song, Killer Queen. That is just such a good song. Do you have a favorite beauty product found in your bag at all times? Lip gloss, I would say. I don't wear a ton of makeup, but lip gloss. I always love to have something on my lips. Who would you love to have coffee with? I would love to have coffee with my mom because she doesn't live here and we're pretty close. And so that would be my ultimate coffee date. Do you live by a motto? Yeah, I would say my motto is continuing to just find the joy in the in-between because our lives are just a big old in-between and it's um, easy to get lost in that. So just being intentional about finding joy in that every day. Who is your celebrity crush? I would say if I had to meet, if I were to meet somebody and want to meet a celebrity, it would be Julia Roberts. I just have always loved her. How did you come up with the name of your blog? Came up with Arrows and Bow. When I first started my page, I had a, a personal page back in the day, and I started Arrows and Bow to actually sell my daughter's baby clothes. And so arrows were two arrows, like from a bow and arrow. And then a bow was my daughter, like a bow tie, tying them together. What is a food that you absolutely won't eat? I hate bean sprouts. What meal would you choose as your last meal? Oh, I love all food pretty much besides that one. Um, but I would say I love Indian food. That would probably be just like the ultimate. What is your biggest pet peeve? My biggest pet peeve would be I don't love getting unsolicited advice from people that, you know, you don't have the relationship that should be giving it to you. So probably that. What is the best gift you've ever received? The best gift would be uh, for my 30th birthday, my husband made this huge surprise that was like all weekend long of surprising me of going to Santa Barbara and then having friends show up each day. That was a surprise. And then getting home to a surprise party. What is the best gift you've ever given? Best gift I think we've ever given or I've ever given. Well, I think the the bar is set on based on how people react to the gift. And I think we just took our kids to Disneyland and surprised them with that. And the way that we did it was just so fun to see their faces and excitement. So that's probably the best thing that I've ever given. How did y'all do it? We went to an Airbnb in Huntington Beach and spent the night the night before. And I ordered like Mickey Mouse sweatshirts for them. And so woke them up the next morning and had the sweatshirts laid out and just had them come in the room. So cute. Yeah, they were so excited. Did they all get it right away? Yeah, they knew. I had a mini house, a mini mouse hat on my head. And they were like, wait, what? What? That's so cute. What is the last thing you Googled? (laughs) The last thing I Googled was the, we just saw Spider-Man, the animated version um, at the theater. And so when we left the movie, I wanted to see who everybody's voices, who the voices were. So that's the last thing I Googled. 
What are your dreams and goals for the future? You know, I think one day I'd love to write a book and my husband and I both want to open up an Airbnb. So that's probably what we're looking to do hopefully this next year. Okay, one last question. What is the greatest life advice you have ever received? The greatest life advice was a dear friend of ours, kind of like a mentor to me. And she gave me the advice to just really pursue my dreams and do what I wanted to do and to just be myself and be authentic and be real. And I listened to what she said and I followed it. And that's now advice that I give to so many women through my blog and through my Instagram. I love that. You can't go wrong with that. Yeah. Okay. So this is Tedra. I'm hopping back in for a second because I wanted to ask you, and I've read about it, so I wanted to find out more about this. I read where you and your husband were starting to do like some RV renovations for other people. Yes. How did that come about? And like, like where did the first project come from? And what does that look like? Well, we bought a um, Airstream while we were living in the trailer. And we just thought, well, we love doing the trailer and that went so well. Let's get an Airstream and renovate that. Um, however, it wasn't as easy as we thought it would be. It, our trailer took us three weeks and the Airstream took us like 10 months. And it was a lot of money to do. It was a 1964 Airstream. And I think we were just, again, a little naive. We, you know, an RV is square, like a house. So finding people to work on it and working on it yourself is much easier. Um, an Airstream is round. So it's definitely, it takes a more skilled crafted um, worker and way more detail and way more money to put into that. But we ended up selling both of them in the end and it was great. That is great. Do you think you'll do another one? Um, we've had a couple people ask us. We're open to it, but we, right now we just don't really have the, the spot. We had land before, so it was really easy to have multiple trailers on it, but we don't really have that luxury here. Okay. That's great. Okay. It has been so great talking to you and getting to know part of your story. And I look forward to seeing what happens to y'all next and following along with your family. Take care. We'll talk soon. Hey, Julie. So a little host to host chat. We're going to do a brief one today. Just wishing everybody a happy 2019. We're really excited about the year and excited to bring you great episodes and great guests. And just wanted to say thanks for supporting us during 2018, I should say. And everyone have a safe and happy and joyful holiday season. So we want to thank you for listening today. And if you like the show, we'd love for you to head over iTunes and give us a positive review. You can find us at wegettoknow.com where you can sign up for our newsletter and we're on social media at We Get to Know. Head over to Instagram. We'd love to hear from you and get your opinions on guest and show ideas. Our music is provided by the talented Blake Atwell of Studio 1916. Until next time, take care as we continue to get to know all of our favorite people. Bye.